，女士们、先生们。Ni hao, fans of Shukfustan, and welcome to Day Nine coverage of the Beijing 2022 Olympics on Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co-host Allison Brown. Allison, ni hao, are you? Ni hao. I hear it is the magical hour of vacuuming again. <laughs> it is the magical hour of vacuuming, and you know I picked a spot. I, I found pillars. I I don't know why I found pillars the other day, but it's like massive pillars in the middle of the room. Why did I not see these? I'm like, well, that will block some sound. But I came in here and they were vacuuming. I'm like, well, if I sit by this pillar, they'll get by me pretty quickly. But they are being really thorough today, so I apologize for the sound. But we got to do what we got to do. You know, Mike Tirico doesn't have to put up with these humiliations.、Um, no, but NBC also has money to get their own studios. <laughs> And vacuum on the off hours. Yeah, we do with what we can, but it's I get the free spot in the media center workroom. It's just. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I love having you there. I mean, I miss you terribly, but I love you being there. Yeah, yeah. I'm well. I miss you terribly too. It's very weird. Like, I could have used you today at ice dancing. I I will say that. Well, we will get to it. All right, let's get into our follow up file. So excited about this because our favorite IOC、uh, member Dick Pound has gone rogue on the Camila Valieva doping scandal. All right, we got some follow up on the Camila Valieva scandal. This is something you saw. This is exciting news. This is because our favorite. It's exciting for us. <laughs> our favorite IOC member, who is also the rep. Of、uh, IOC on the water board, Dick Pound has gone rogue. Oh yes, this whole scandal. And I want to read the whole quote that was reported by Reuters. So here we go. Quote: At a certain point, if they are absolutely incorrigible, you end up with the position of take a country time out. We could say we can help you. You got a problem. We can concentrate on it. Take a timeout for one or two or three Olympic games until you get this under control. The Russians don't help themselves because they have been absolutely unrepentant. They won't admit anything. They appeal every single decision. I think the approach probably has been too lenient to allow them to compete as the Russian Olympic Committee. End quote. Wow! Wow! And I mean, this is no junior member of the IOC. He's about as senior as you get behind Tibok. He is. He's the doyen. This is it. This is his last year too. And he is not pulling any punches. And I am thrilled to hear him say this. But is it too little, too late? You know what? It's never too late because the IOC still can. Take a stronger stand, and they need to take a stronger stand. And I hope Dick Pound can push them in the right direction because they can correct the mistake that they've made. And they have been too lenient. We've been saying this since Sochi. Yeah. So it, this will be interesting. Now we've gotten more word on when the hearing is on the Camila Valieva case, but. 
On top of this, the International Skating Union has also filed the petition against Rusada to end their uh, handling of the, I've lost my word, but the, oh, we're, uh, you've won your appeal, Camilla. So the hearings will be on Sunday evening here in Beijing, that's tomorrow, and then we will have a decision by Monday afternoon, and then the women's program starts on Tuesday. So this will be wrapped up pretty quickly. We'll have a decision. Yeah, and the petitions are flying. So Rusada has launched an investigation against Atari Tuts Beredzia, who is the coach of Camilla Valieva. She's got a reputation for producing these little Russian jumping machines, also has a reputation for, shall we say, harsh training methods. She's kind of become the Bella and Marta Caroli of women's figure skating. Lots of injuries out of her rank, lots of very short careers. So there have been rumors. Some people throw around the word abusive. That's all alleged and, you know, kind of what rumors are. So that investigation was launched. As you said, ISU has filed a petition against Rusada. The court of arbitrary for sport is who's going to make this final decision on Monday. And we just know nobody's going to be happy with whatever this decision is. Oh, no. If it's against Rusada, Rusada will be very upset. And for Camilla Valieva, will probably be distraught because she won't get to skate. And who knows if she knew what she was taking or not, but... It hurts a, a young woman's career and puts a whole black mark on her. And puts a whole black mark on the Russian program, which she, shocking, you know, I'm shocked. I can't believe the Russians are cheating. <laughs> How did that happen? But Reuters and uh, the UK press have really taken the lead in going after this story. And you noted that in the press conference today, Mark Adams, the IOC spokesperson, mentioned that a lot of the members of the press are now getting death threats. Yes, this is happening in the UK pretty specifically. And Mark Adams actually said, and you've got to understand, Mark Adams is, I think, British. He's got a very British-sounding accent. So he actually said, quote, we all just need to take a chill pill, unquote. And for Mark Adams, I mean, you know who I'm talking about because he, he he's the IOC spokesman. So he is very good at deflecting questions and disseminating what information he can he tries to be friendly with the press up to a point and for him to just say chill pill is very uncharacteristic yeah he uses very diplomatic language very proper language he's very posh in many ways <laughs> but he does do a good job of giving information when he can and he's getting it from all sides this is a tough situation for everybody involved Except, I don't, I mean, I feel bad for Mark Adams because he doesn't have the power to control this. I don't feel bad for the ROC and I don't feel bad for the IOC because they got themselves into this mess. The ROC, I constantly cheating and the IOC for not taking a stand. Yes. And for thinking that they are taking a stand by giving them the slap on the wrist of, oh, you can't compete for Russia, but Russian Olympic Committee is not that far off. You don't get the anthem. You 
have something else if you win medals. And oh, look, your uniforms and stuff look pretty close to your flag, but that's going to be okay too. So they've let a lot slide, and you wonder what the pol- the politicking is that's going on in the background. Or and I know that the IOC just wants to. They're living in the dream that we all get along and we're all going to play by the rules. And when somebody's not playing by the rules in this fantasy world that they want to live in, they just don't know what to do with it or how to handle it. Right. And we're going to have another story later in the in the show about, oh, gee, we're just going to let this slide. I mean, they're really getting it from all sides this time. And I think we might finally see the IOC grow a spine. I'm not holding my breath. That's all I'll say. I, I will believe it when I see it. All right, let's move on to what officiating or volunteer job we would want to do today. So as promised, I watched ski jumping today. <laughs> There's an elevator operator to take the guys up on the, the ramp. Yeah, because there's a little like funicular type elevator that goes up and yeah, need somebody to operate it. See, again, I want to be one of the last people the competitors see before they compete (laughs) so I can give them a little, and I I wouldn't be invasive. I would just be, you know, Simone, you can do this. I would like to go to the biathlon range and be one of the rifle, not a tester. I can't think of what the name would be, a a checker. There's people who check the rifles to make sure that the uh, trigger pull is, maintains a certain weight. If it's too, you know, it can't be too light. It can't be in. So it has to be within a certain range. And so they test the rifles before every match. If you get on the feeds early enough, sometimes you can see athletes going through rifle check. And so that's what I would like to do today. Inspector? Yeah, that might be it. That might be it. I bet they have clipboards. That's all I have to say. I'm sure there's a clipboard with people's. Because they check the bibs and make sure they're wearing the right bib. I would love to do that. I have experience in that checking them <laughs> so I, i'd be right for this job go inspect your gadget that's right fantasy league update i will let's preface this by i forgot to fill out the form last night but i did it today i when i was editing the episode and i saw the bit about the fantasy league i stopped and i had to do my fantasy league so maybe i'll get some points well we're starting to see some spreading out at the top. Raf Q is at one eighty five. Monkey Cat is at one seventy five. Einerson is at one seventy two. I have moved up a little bit to fourteenth. And Jill, you're at forty fifth. Not at the bottom. You can still there's still time to beat me. I can tell you that. There's still time. You are <laughs> middle of the pack, so don't worry about it. All right, let's go into today's action. We will start with biathlon. The men had their 10-kilometer sprint today. Oh, what a nice... Good results. Good results because the Boo Brothers got on the podium together. Gold went to Johannes Tingus Boo from Norway. Silver went to Canton Fionmaé from France. And bronze went to Tarje Boo from Norway. And this is Tarje's first individual medal, which is pretty awesome. You know who I had in my fantasy league? JT? Both. (laughs) You'll have a good day tomorrow. I went for for Bow Brothers. That's nice. That's very nice. This is, sadly, I did not get to see this race. So I need to, I'm hopeful that it will come back on a replay. But I would like to. 
see what's up because there are some big names who usually do well in the sprint that weren't near the top and I'd like to see what happened to them. It's nice to see Norway, number one, doing so well in biathlon because the focus for their sports program and knowing how hard that team was hit with COVID. Yeah. That they're finding their footing, they're, they're in their groove and to see them doing as well as they should be doing. Yes. So that's really exciting. I'm also excited that QFM has got another medal. He's just been having a great year so far. So that's really good. It's nice to see that the French team was not decimated when Martin Fourcade retired and he was a star of the French team with a big star in uh, 2018. But it's nice that the team has been really solid and they've got more people who stepped up. They're really talented. Moving over to cross-country skiing, we had the women's 4x5-kilometer relay today. Gold went to ROC, silver went to Germany, and bronze went to Sweden. Somebody, I saw this on Twitter, somebody said, oh, if you're looking for the Chinese torchbearer, who was a cross-country skier, she was pulled from the relay and replaced. And, and they noted that, oh, she had been chosen for the torchbearer because of her achievements. I can't wait until you're home and we can talk about this some more. I, I know I can't either. There's plenty I'm looking forward to talking about when I we get when we get home. She did compete though. She has competed in other races, so so that is something. But the relay, I guess she was slated. I could not verify this myself, but that is what I saw. Let's take a quick break to tell you about our red envelope campaign. The show cost money to produce. Sometimes it's a lot of money, and while our listener, you all have been. You all have been extremely generous in supporting us through our Kickstarter campaign that got us here to Beijing through Patreon patronage, but we're coming up on the lean part of our cycle in terms of listenership, and because we get more listeners when there's an Olympics on, and then it kind of ebbs and flows from there. So we've got two and a half years until Paris, and we're asking you to send donations of at least $8 to help us get to Paris 2024. That $8 is significant as it's been the Lunar New Year here in China. And eight is a lucky number symbolizing good fortune. So if you appreciate what we bring to you every day, please go to flamealivepod.com slash support to donate. All right. We had a lot of curling action today. Both men and women had a session or two in the women's Sweden beat Canada seven to six. Korea beat ROC 9-5. to I did see some of that on the TVs here when I was here in the morning. Oh, they looked good. The garlic, garlic girls looked so good. As did I, and it was great to see them again. And I had forgotten that they're all named, they're all their last names are Kim. Right, right. So the, the announcer was like, oh, Kim did this. And then he kept correcting himself. <laughs> and I said, we're all confused. We just love them all. And they're all really good. Just beautiful, classic curlers. Yes. And he should just go by their nicknames. Because they all have a nickname that's, that's super cute. I'll have to dig those up. But um, glad to see they had a really good game today. I've got to make that a priority to get out there to see them when they play. Japan beat Denmark 8-7. to Then ROC beat Japan 10-5. to Denmark beat Switzerland 8-5. to Great Britain beat the U.S. 10 to 5. China beat Sweden 9 to 6. 
Okay. In the standings, that means Switzerland is the only team left undefeated for the women. USA, Japan are both three and one. Korea is two and one. Sweden and Great Britain are two and two. Canada is one and two. Denmark, China are one and three. And ROC is 0 and four. On the men's side, they had one session today. China beat Italy 12 to nine. Sweden beat Canada 7 to 4. Switzerland beat Denmark 8 to 6 and Norway beat USA 7 to 6. I was there for this one. I was sitting by sitting by our team Schuster and that was rough. They were they started out really strong, got behind a little bit and the last rock just didn't curl enough like they needed to and knocked too many stones out of the way. So they got one point. They were going for 3 and they they got one. So that was really sad, but I will say this is what you talked about the other day about how they team and you just in person, it's kind of magnified how much they love the game, how much they love each other. It's really phenomenal to see and just so calm and cool and having a good time. They just look, even though they lost, they look really relaxed. So it's round robin. So hopefully they get the standings up and uh, get just get through to the next round and then they'll sweep the floor with them. That's what we can hope. That means in the standings, Sweden is undefeated at 4-0. and Switzerland is 3-1. and Great Britain is 2-1. and And then sitting at 2-2 two and two are USA, Norway, China, and Canada. Italy is 0-3 and, and Denmark is 0-4. All right. What we've been waiting for. What you've been waiting for figure skating ice dance rhythm dance so the rhythm dance is their version of the short program but it is a set dance that it changes every season what they have to do so this is the street dance rhythms season and the each routine must incorporate two different rhythms from street dance which they talk of as being such as hip-hop disco swing crump poppin funk, jazz, reggae, or reggaeton, and blues, stuff along that line. Which basically translated into American pop music, because apparently America is the only place that has streets. <laughs> I just kept waiting for the crump, and I just wish somebody would have had the guts to crump. There was some poppin', there were some hip-hop moves, but I really wanted to see something just there were a couple things that were just way out there i appreciated that not enough for me so i might have to go to the free dance just to see some crazy a lot of the free dance because this year's rhythm dance is so pop and funky a lot of the longer program the long programs this year are very melodic because they try and balance it out to show the judges they can do both. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So you may be a little disappointed and <sighs> not seeing the crazy. But there's always somebody that brings the crazy to the free dance. I can help. So what do you got here? What are your hot takes? So I'm a little upset about the standings, but not crushed. Okay, so, let's go through those first. So... Papadakis and Cicerone are on top, the French pair, as they should be, followed by the ROC, which is Sitznitsa and Katsalapov, 
then the Americans, Hubble and Donahue and Chalk and Bates, followed by the other ROC teams, Stepanova and Buchan, and then the Canadians, Gillis and Poirier. I would have put Hubble and Donahue ahead of the ROC, and I would have put Gills and Poirier ahead of the other ROC team. I think both of those teams got a little shortchanged. Okay, so I wanted to know what happened in Gilles Poirier that put them in that spot. Because I saw the routine. I may have been a little too mesmerized by the orange jumpsuits. They did a big uh, Elton John thing. They loved it. It looked good. I don't know. When I saw the final standings, I'm like, why are they so low? Because Chalk and Bates had a slip. Yes, and they had a slip. So one of the things that you have to include in your ice dance is the set pattern. So there's a series of steps, and in this time it's the Midnight Blues that all the teams have to do. And basically when they, you'll notice it because they go into a traditional looking ballroom dance hold. So when you see that, then comes these set steps. And Chalk and Bates, she slipped in that Midnight Blues step sequence. That's a big mistake. I don't know what Gillison Poirier did. There was a there was some fakiness in the Midnight Blues pattern. Weren't as deep in the knees, weren't as deep in the edges. I think they should have been scored higher. Okay. I, I would agree with you on that. I, I was looking at the music. They loved their music. I found everybody I, I mean Today, I think everybody pretty much loved their music because it was so accessible and stuff. They could pick something they liked, hopefully. I mean, there were some I did not like. I did not love the You Can Keep Your Hat On. I did not. Slow. That was the, the ROC, Sitznitsa and Kaslopov. I didn't like it either. I thought it was very slow. And that's why I didn't think they deserved to be as ranked as, as high as they were. I also did not like. The Spanish team who did uh, Smart and Diaz, who did Proud Mary by Tina Turner, because I thought she was too young to channel Tina Turner very well. I was slightly concerned about her dress because it was beautiful. It was this red, glittery, strapped, single strap dress. And I thought, please, Lord, do not have a Gabrielle Papadakis from Pyeongchang moment where a strap breaks. Because there was not a lot holding up that dress. <laughs> but I did realize, finally, after all these years, why I love Papadakis and Cicerone so much. And that is, so when you watch ice dancing, generally you're looking at the woman. However, the man is usually the better technical skater. Huh. So if you really want to see how good a pair is, watch the man. Papadakis is actually the better ice dancer. I think Gabrielle Papadakis is the best ice dancer in the world right now. Oh, yeah. I will say they, they just stood out. The speed they have, the passion they put into their dance, they just they stood out from the rest. And I did not like this program. I did not think it showcased what they are so good at as hmm. well as some other programs. But she's just... Such a good technician. Her edges are just beyond anybody else's. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous to watch. Cicerone's red shirt also stood out from the crowd. <laughs> he had this, it was mostly mesh, 
with a few little red, darker red velour velvet, I don't know, patches. That it was weird. It was weird. But if you noticed, and maybe you weren't close enough to notice and you could see this on TV, the chest portion of the shirt clearly was lined with skin-colored fabric because there was, because shall we say, there was no poke through. Okay. <laughs> Nothing was exposed on Cicerone's shirt area. That's good. Which is a relief. I guess. I, I mean, I don't know. I gotta say, I was not drawn in. This did not draw me in. It's not my favorite of their programs. No, the whole evening did not draw me in. As a sport, oh. it did not. No, it did not draw me in. Not even the Chinese pair channeling Elvis? No. Although the Elvis remix, that was funky. And, of course, we had the hometown team, so the hometown crowd is all excited. So that was kind of cool. And there was a, I mean, there was a really highly unusual Joker number right off the bat. The Germans. Yeah, that was fantastic for, for what I wanted to see. Go back and watch the video because I don't know what he says to her right before the program starts, but they both laughed and it was obvious they were going to have a great program and they skated it very well. It's not terribly difficult, so that's why their scores were what they were, but in terms of performance quality and execution, they really nailed it. It seemed like the crowd was not two-spirited. No, there were pockets of countries who knew what they were were doing. So the French were there, the Italians were there, follow-up file. I, the Italian jacket that I talked about a few days ago, it's white that has Italian and red and green. That made an appearance at this. And I frantically texted you to tell you the coach is wearing the jacket. Look at the jacket. And jacket. I said oh. it looked like an advertisement for a modern pizzeria. I think because I'm so tired of Italy in blue. Italy doesn't belong in blue. And they've been in blue for years now. And it's been driving us. I, we just have not liked it at home. And Italy needs to be red, white, and green. I'm sorry. That's your choices. You rejected the ponchos. They were red, white, and green. Well, they were weird looking. But everything else has been blue. And I can never find Italy because they are not red, white, and green. I don't like looking for a blue uniform when I think Italia. I would happily get a pizza from that man in the jacket. And then say, here's a medal for you as well. Well, I need Tanith White to tell me a few things. Because I was, like you, slightly confused about what this, the Canadian scores were about for Gillis and Poirier. Why Chalk and Bates didn't get a bigger chunk taken out for that slip. So I'll be rewatching it. If I, I get some more details, I'll throw it in the newsletter. And in the meantime, get yourself ready for free dance. Let's hope that's good. Moving over to ice hockey. <clears throat> we had more men's preliminary round action in group A. What? What? USA beat Canada. Four to two. I believe... I should look this up, but this was the U.S.'s first Olympic win over Canada since the preliminary round of the 2010 Vancouver Games. In men's hockey. In men's hockey. 
totally different story. And women's is a totally different story. So that was a stunning upset and probably gives the U.S. team a lot of confidence in this tournament. I did not really see this. I just heard it had happened. So I'm curious to know what Canada's team is like. We'll have to do a little bit of research into what all the different teams are like without the NHL players. Also in men's prelim action, Germany beat China 3-2. to And Czech Republic beat ROC 6-5. to And Denmark beat... Denmark beat Switzerland 5-3, to so the standings are in Group A. USA is undefeated 2-0. Canada and Germany are 1-1. China is 0-2. In Group B, we have ROC at Denmark and Czech Republic all at 2-1, and Switzerland is 0-3. In Group C, F- Finland and Sweden are 2-0, and Latvia and Slovakia are 0-2. We have the quarterfinals for the women's playoffs. Switzerland beat ROC 4-2, and Finland beat Japan 7-1. I was surprised at both of these results. I was too. Japan has been playing really well. I mean, Finland's no slouch. I'm not surprised that Finland made it into the semis, and I didn't realize Finland and Japan were going to be a quarterfinal, because I have would I would have put them both in the semis. Interesting. But that, I mean, it was not even close. It's 7-1 and Switzerland beating ROC. That's exciting. That's huge, I think. So that means the women's semifinals will be on Monday. Canada will face Switzerland and USA will face Finland. And the USA better not take it for granted that they can beat the Finns. They are gunning to get in that gold medal match. Oh, yeah. I don't think the USA, I would hope the USA is not taking anything for granted considering what's been happening with their team over the the court. Losing Brianna Decker is a big deal, so I'm sure they're trying to step it up and stay focused. Moving over to skeleton, we had the end of the women's skeleton competition. Gold went to Hanna Nysa from Germany. Silver went to Jacqueline Narakot from Australia. And... Uh, bronze went to Kimberly Boss from Netherlands. This is an exciting podium. It is. So from no skeleton medals to lots of skeleton medals, Germany has all of a sudden decided we we can go feet first and head first down the sliding track. And then Jacqueline Narakot, another medal for Australia, which is fantastic. They are doing so well in this Olympics. One of our Facebook group members, a listener Claire from Australia, was so thrilled about this because this is Australia's first sliding medal ever, and they have no sliding tracks in Australia, so they've had to constantly go and travel elsewhere to make this happen. And they've got their fourth medal of these games, and this is their best games ever. So congratulations to Australia. It's so exciting to see the hard work that the athletes and the country have been doing to create a winter sports tradition is really starting to come to fruition. And Jacqueline Narakot lives and trains in Britain on their sliding tracks. Oh, wow. Okay. So she spends a lot of time away from home to make this happen. So what a joy for her and what a joy for the Aussies. So you know what we have to say. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Oi, oi. A little follow-up file from, from, from Skeleton. Yesterday in the men's competition, Ukrainian slider Vladislav Heraskovich flashed a sign at the camera when he was done with his third run, and the sign said, no war in Ukraine. 
And one would think that might be a Rule 50 violation because it's a kind of a protest thing. But the IOC has declared it was not a violation of Rule 50 because, according to Mark Adams, this was a general call for peace. And the sign was also a Ukrainian flag behind the words. So clearly it was a political message. I think Mark Adams and the IOC said, the kid is calling for peace. Let's not make a scene of it. We have enough on our plate. Yeah. He didn't disrupt the field of play. He didn't disrupt a medal ceremony. He very quickly kind of pulled it out of his suit put it at the camera, and then moved on in the fourth run, there was no uh, message. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he had his moment. It's a, And like you said, it was kind of his time because he was done with his run. Camera focuses on him, and they're waiting for, you know, going through the results phase. And then he put it away, and that was it. So IOC has declared this one done, and they are taking no action against that. They have enough... Russian problems on their hands. Yeah, they don't. They don't want that one to <sighs> to start getting into the Russia-Ukraine issue. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Moving over to ski jump, it was the men's large hill individual finals today. Gold went to Marius Lindvik from Norway. Silver went to Ryoyu Kobayashi from Japan. Bronze went to Carl Geiger from Germany. So you saw this. I did, and it came down to the last jump. Marius Lindvik had gone down, thrown down the gauntlet in the final round. Kobayashi was right behind him and was just short. It was really close. And what was interesting was Kobayashi was very far behind in the qualifications. He was in, uh, I think it was ninth place. But clearly, he had been holding back. It was like in the swimming races where they save for the fight, like just make the finals and then I'll throw down. And it was great. It was a really great competition. No big crashes, nothing scary, just some absolute beautiful flying. It's a great competition to go back and watch. And the, the final jumpers, just each one tops the one before and they get more and more excited. One thing I did notice about this were how thin these jumpers are, like very thin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they just are so tiny, and they look tiny in person. And there's just a, an issue with eating disorders in the men's uh, ski jump because they have to be so light. And you see some of them and go, ooh, that does not look healthy. Yeah, I guess I had never watched a whole competition so intensely. And they just kept getting smaller and smaller as the, the top athletes came up. And it's kind of like looking at jockeys, like they should not be that thin. So I know we read an article about eating disorders in the women's discipline, but clearly the men have to face this issue as well. Do you want to talk about the other notes you have here? Yeah. So you had asked how Camille Stoke, who is the, the famous Polish jumper, did. He ended up in fourth. So he pulled up also in the finals. Good for him because I think he'd been injured. He'd been something. He wasn't totally top-notch going into the Olympic year. 
And Simone Amon, who has the double golds, ended up in 25th. He was very pleased with his results. I think that's as good as he can jump right now at 40. (laughs) So he was pleased. It's just that the other jumpers have surpassed him. Yeah. years gone by. But man, he just keeps coming back. He's going to be 96 and still flying off that hill. Yeah, he really is. I mean, for him to be 25th in a field of 50, that's not been, and this is, number seven olympics number seven that's amazing i think and one of my favorites back from pyeongchang was robert johansson for that beautiful handlebar mustache he had and still has but apparently the stash does not help him anymore he ended up in 32nd i think he was hurt because he didn't look like himself and he's still considered one of the the top level so i think there may have been an injury hampering his flight But one thing I did notice on the ramp, and I don't know how long this has been true, it's not snow covered. No on the ramp. Yeah, it's just these tracks and they're metal. And so they can, they're probably slick enough, slick and they just go. I am curious what, where that came in history in the, because it's not that long ago that this has happened. But I wonder if it's a, this is just easier to maintain kind of thing. And we just leave it in. We just left it in. And I think in past events, they've painted it white so that I didn't notice it right away. They didn't even bother. This was just concrete. And you could see the plasticness or metalness of the tracks. Yeah, it does take, it takes away something visually when you think of it as a winter sport. Moving over to snowboard, we had the mixed team snowboard cross competition today. Gold went to Nick Baumgartner and Lindsay Jacobellis from the USA. Silver went to Omar Vicentin and Michaela Mioli from Italy. And bronze went to Elliot Grondin and Marietta Odine from Canada. So this look, I only saw this in bits and pieces and it looked so exciting. Conditions were tough. For the first time we've seen snow. It was snowing. It was windy. And it was variable. So each round, sometimes it was snowy and windy. Sometimes the sun sort of peeked through. So they kept having to make adjustments each time around. And as we mentioned before, these snowboard cross races are round after round very quickly. So the having pairs, they kept comparing notes. Who went down first? And then they talk and adjust because they changed the format from this from the World Cup last year. Previous format was first racer go goes down and as they cross the finish the gate on the top opened okay now they change it to first racer goes down this there's a set start time at the top for the next racer and then they stagger those openings based on your first racer's time i'm not sure i'm explaining this correctly but you know when the for the second racer you know when the gate is going to open which is prior they did not know and they could not. I wonder if that is like for if you had an injury or somebody was down on the the thing having the next round of athletes slide down that would probably not be a good thing so that makes sense to me that they stagger they do a round and then they do a staggered start based on the time differentials Yes. And I think they also did it because they were finding when you didn't know when the gate was going to open, you had more crashes at the start and more chance oh, for injury. Okay. So this okay. was not only safer for if there was a fall on the course, it was safer for whoever went second 
So this was this result was joyful on so many levels. So Lindsay Jacobellis, who we talked about in the individual, now is a double gold medalist. What a great game. And Nick Baumgartner at 40 has his first medal. Oh. And this is his fourth Olympics. So he's really been working hard to be here and and stay at this level. Yeah, I saw how joyful the end was. And that was that was really nice. And you know that I love it when the older athletes win. Yes, their combined age was the oldest of any team. And they are the oldest man and the oldest women on uh, Team USA. So excellent job. Hopefully that will be on replay too. Yay, old people. (laughs) And then we end up the day on the long track for speed skating. We had the uh, women's team pursuit had its quarterfinals and then the men had their 500 meter competition gold went to uh gouting Yu from china who set an olympic record silver went to chao min Q from korea and bronze went to morishige wataru from japan i wonder if this is the first time we've had an all asian podium on the long track i don't know but there was an interesting element to this race and also, being from three different Asian countries is shows just the strength in these programs, which is really exciting. Hometown victory. People here are very excited about that as well. Okay. What is going on with Shukflastan? Okay. Well, depending on where you are, you may get to see John Schuster twice on Saturday into Sunday into Monday night. So I wasn't quite sure about time. So I want to tell you about them both. So Team Schuster and the men's curling team will first face Canada and then China. So depending on which sessions they are in, you can get more John Schuster than you ever knew you wanted in 24 hours. But then I think the race we're most excited for of the whole Olympics, Aaron Jackson on the long track in the 500 meters. We are cheering so loud for Speedy Day. I am definitely going to that. And I am so excited for her. I hope she has just a great race and ah, knocks it out of the park. So that if you're not familiar with what Shukvastan is, that is our team Keep the Flame Alive. They've all been guests on our show. And that is the country they represent is Shukvastan. So before we leave, we'd like to take thank our location scouts today. That would be Rosie Warzyniak and Jacqueline Held. Rosie is probably so excited that you just said her name correctly, because I know you can say a name with that kind of consonants correctly. Yeah, I don't know if I said it correctly, though. (laughs) Well, you had a better shot at it than I did, that's for sure. Well, you know, when we practice, when I have practice saying all of these names, it helps. But Rosie, you'll have to tell us how I'm doing on your pronunciation. And very exciting news today. We've got a new mascot for the rest of the Olympics. And you can check out our social media and see a picture of Millie. Millie is a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel puppy. She is gorgeous. And she lives with listener Christy. I will have some details for about her coming up in the week. Millie is adorable. I've met Millie in person. We're going to save those stories. Okay. For your personal impressions of this little girl. She's just, oh my goodness, I'm going to squeeze her. <laughs> well, we better shut down the episode before you do. So that'll do it for today. Tune in again tomorrow for more competition. 
and celebrate the games with us on our Keep the Flame Alive podcast group. It's a place to hang out with us and all our other listeners. Jill is on Twitter. I am on Insta and both are at Flame Alive Pod. You can also email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or call or text us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAME-IT. Yeah, be sure to get in that Facebook group. You know, it's, it's really fun because I always know when everybody is starting to wake up because just the Facebook group explodes. And it's like, oh, everybody's waking up now. Okay, this is great. Then I go to bed and I, then I wake up and I catch up on everything and then I have a day and then everybody pops up on, online again. And it's a lot of fun. So thank you all for those of you in the group and participating. It's been great to have fun. With, at, it's been great to celebrate the games with you and uh, all the things that you've all been noticing and watching. So we will catch you back here tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. And until then, keep the flame alive.